What's up, people? You're listening to the She Works Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I am your host, Shanita, and you can get at me at Nita Works on Twitter. Hey, this is Akima. You can follow me at Princess Akima on all social media platforms. Hey, guys, it's Danita, and you can find me on Twitter, Danita Platt. And if you want to check out any of our other podcasts or listen to um, some previous shows that She Works has produced, you can always check us out on divemedia.co or on any other listening uh, platform that has podcasts. So whatever you fancy, we're there. So today's topic, ladies, we are going to talk a little bit about minority women in business because it seems to be something that is um, increasingly on the rise between minorities, black and brown, women of color. I'm going to go ahead and cover all my political <laughs> political um, bases. correct bases, right? Uh-huh. Um, and so doing some research from Forbes, Forbes magazine and from a website called Inc.com, we started to see a lot of women are now in control. About 44% um, are owning businesses. Mm-hmm. And awesome. I'm, I'm like, whoa, okay, I'm in that 44% now. Hey, <laughs> <go> you. <laughs> Which seems to be up from 20%, you know, back in, you know, like the late 90s, um, according to the census data. So what do you guys think about women in business? I mean, we all are women in business. So, yeah, like what made you decide to become women, minority women in particular, in business? I don't know, because actually it's really hard being a woman and a woman of color and trying to run business and you ain't got generational wealth, but you know, that's neither here nor there. Um, (laughs) Why did I do this? So I think my situation is a little different and I won't go too, too much on a tangent, but my push behind wanting to run a business was to really to help people with their health. And anyone who's worked with me, you know, I'm all about just trying to improve our lifespan, the quality of life. And so that was part of my push. There are hurdles that also I think aid me in wanting to be someone in business because reasons why I wouldn't are also reasons why I would. So lack of capital or lack of um, just even understanding of how business works, it also has pushed me to learn more and to acquire more. And I could say over the years that capital I've needed, I've I've gotten grants for my business. I've had angel donors. I've had amazing family members who have paid for things. And so for me, for as much as I thought I was stepping out there on my own and just like, okay, I'm going to go try to do this thing. I have actually had people rally around me. I mean, all my clients, shout out to any of you all listening. Thank you. I mean, it has been, it's been a whirlwind. It continues to be, because I'm still considering myself a baby in this whole entrepreneurial venture. I think people look at it like, oh, well, you don't work for other people. So then you're, listen, if I need to go work with somebody to get some more capital, I have jumped in and out of um, people's businesses, you know, cleaning up messes and whatnot. And it doesn't matter. I will... I'll do everything that I need to do to accomplish this goal. So for me, it's been a a personal push and also just some dissatisfaction working in other environments as well. According to Forbes magazine, it says the number one reason that made a lot of minority women start their business was the flexibility. Because even though women are out here in the workforce, you know, it's still seen that, you know, we are the primary child care providers, you mm-hmm. know, or the shuffler or pick them up from school. But in addition to, again, as we talked about in our um, premiere episode, you know, being generation X type women, now we're at the place where some of us are caring for elderly parents, aging parents, and people needing that flexibility was yep. one of the biggest causes for people to kind of step out and try to do their own thing. Um, as well as, you know, not feeling like that wage gap and, you know, a few other things or, um, or just not being passionate about 
the work that they were doing mm-hmm. and or not some, feeling welcomed in those environments or I, not feeling welcomed in those environments. And I know for me that that's been another situation that I've dealt with being in environments where you feel undervalued compared to your peers who may not um, sound as you sound or look as you look. And so for me, it's cause kind of like I could generate, it feels like you're doing a little bit more work, but I could generate something and feel valued opposed to being in an environment, feeling undervalued and generating wealth for someone else's family. And so for me, I know another push was to create some wealth that will um, outlive me, you know, when I'm gone from here. Absolutely. Yeah. I think um, I completely agree. Kim. And what really resonated with me and what you said was um, having, you know, going to school and and you do what you got to do to get this good old degree or two or three. And then you get into into the workplace and it's still a struggle to find upper mobility because the people who are in those positions are going to die at that desk. They are. They're, they're, They're there and they're not going anywhere. Right, so you, <laughs> even laugh you see the job posting <laughs> right after the obituary posting. <laughs> no, seriously, and you know whoever is getting ready to slide into that position, they're posting it just because they have to, right. but they already days. know, mm-hmm. right? Who's going to go? And so you're kind of like, at some point, you say, you know, maybe I just need to figure out something for myself, right? And then I think the other part of it, just as minority women, is we've kind of always been entrepreneurial. Yep. You know, from rent parties that people would do, you know, to <laughs> for the, pay for the rent. young people. Wait a minute, explain what the rent party is. <laughs> so that's um, I'm not gonna be able to make the rent. So what I'm gonna do is, let's say the rent is five hundred dollars, and I have two hundred of that. I'm gonna take that two hundred dollars, and I'm gonna buy chicken, and drinks, <laughs> and a DJ, and paper goods. All and, that for two hundred dollars back in the day, and throw a party. And I'm going to charge people $10 to come in the door. They're going to be able to eat all this chicken and all these green beans and whatever. And, and I make my rent. Make my rent, right? And so you have people who were selling food. You know, um, so I am doing some research on African-American food waste. And one of the things I found so fascinating is that after the Great Migration, African-Americans are now in Detroit, Chicago, mm-hmm. New York, Washington, D.C., And they are taking baby carriages and literally making Southern food and putting it in baby carriages and standing on the corner. And like, it's almost like a sing song kind of advertisement that I'm selling hog logs or I'm selling trotters or I'm selling, you know, greens or whatever fried chicken sandwiches or fried fish or whatever out of this baby carriage. Mm. We have always made a way. That's a hustle. Always <laughs> made a way. Listen. We have always made a way. I used to watch my mother, and she used to make this statement, you know, I'm going to rob Peter to pay Paul. Mm-hmm. And that's just kind of in that same mm-hmm. notion. I'm going to do what I have to do. I'm going to take a little bit from here, mm-hmm. pay this one, and then this return, yeah. go back and take care of this one. Right. But ima- imagine that they've sent, um, let's see, they've sent uh, Franklin up to New York from the South, to make a way for the rest of the family Franklin. to come. Mm-hmm. And he's missing. They sent Jebediah. Yeah. And he's missing, <laughs> right, his mother's cooking. Because you can't get these these vegetables, this all of these. You can't get that here because he's living in tenement housing or wherever. Right. He, there's one bathroom on the floor. You know what I'm saying? Like really just trying to make it work. And he's working as a doorman or a driver or something like that. And as he's walking home, you see... 
Mary Mary Lou or whoever, right? Rosalie standing at the corner with her carriage. And you start to smell that cornbread. And you start to smell that you cornbread. Smell that butter. And you like, <laughs> ma'am, how much are you charging? I want it. You know what I mean? Because they wanted that taste of home. And so, yeah. and these women, you even had women who would wait outside of railroad stations and people would literally slow down the train so that people could do transactions. And these women had the baskets on their heads mm-hmm. with their food in it. And they worked out of the window. If y'all could see us right now, you see I'm, my arms up. Anyway. Shuffling. Right. <laughs> so, you know, black women, women of color have been, you know, doing I, it. Doing it. I, right. I sold. Uh, desserts at UMES, two faculty Shout members. Out, you sure did. I did. You sure? You sure was out there hustling? I was out there hustling. <laughs> I was because I, I, you know, my mother was like, "I'm paying the tuition. You got to figure everything else. Figure out. the rest of it out." <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I, we had a kitchen in the basement of, um, Lord have mercy, what's that dorm? Nuttle, not Nuttle, not Nuttle. Har- um. Anyway, UMES, Murphy, 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 Murphy. little UMES shout out. There was a Uh kitchen in the basement of Murphy and I would go down there and make peach betties and divide them up and cookies and put them in a basket and go around the faculty member and be like, it's $3. What you trying to do? (laughs) And I always sold out. Yeah. Yeah. Even then I never had a hustle. I used to get envious (laughs) that we had a friend, um, Shout out to Brandy. I knew you, guys yes. I knew you were going to say Brandy. Yes, she, she got was the job hustling. Done. Like she was micro, micros, yeah. individual micros yes. was like the thing, yes. you know, back yeah, in, the, in the early two thousands. Yeah. She had the patience for that thing. <laughs> she too. did, and I'm just like she was charging like fifty dollars a head. Now yep. I know that's a steal, right? Oh yeah. But now it's a steal because mm-hmm. if you do that, please holler at me. <laughs> <laughs> Get at us on a. <laughs> But I used to think, man, she is raking money hand over fist. Mm-hmm. I was like, I wish I knew how to do hair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But you're right. I think it's just something innate about being able to stand on your own two feet and provide and not have to um, sit around and wait for it to come to you. Mm-hmm. And to value what you do. Like something as simple as frying a piece of chicken. And to not be like, it's a million people out here frying chicken. Who going to want my chicken? No, honey. It's space for you in the marketplace. Right. There is space for you in the marketplace. Yeah. Go ahead and value this That's thing. A word. You, That's a word in and of itself. You, I'm just saying, you know, black girl magic. I, I, in addition to what Danita just said, it gives a space for those who are creators and who are creative to, to do that. I think sometimes, and this is not to knock the nine to five. I want to make sure that as we are talking about the beauties and entrepreneurship that we aren't knocking the, those who may not be pursuing that, or you're doing the duality of your nine to five and your entrepreneurial venture. But I was thinking about just the beauty in being free to create where sometimes in certain environments you have, you have to conform to that environment and you can't spread your wings or someone's going to try to clip them off. And so I know for me, that's been, um, one of the beautiful things about being an entrepreneur was mm-hmm. that you're, there's a lot of freedom in that to try new things and to step out because it's not as if you're responsible for all these other um, people like, oh, I can't do that because this is going to impact these folks here and this is going to impact this person's bottom line. Or you're so disconnected from the individual that you mm-hmm. might mm-hmm. work for that you you just don't have it. And it's such a control, control and layers of control are built into most um, organizations where they like, we're going to control what you're doing. And I see the beauty in that. And so I think when you look at women of color, you think about the creativity and the cultures that we come from, I feel like it's just an avenue to continue to be more creative. And it's a beautiful thing to me. Mm-hmm. What is, what are some things that you would, um, and it's a question for both of you. What are some things that you would um, 
or what advice would you give to people who, you know, for women who want to start businesses, but have no clue where to begin? That's a good question. You want to take it, Akima? I have a lot. But the first thing that came to mind is what I want to share is to be leery. Teach us, ma'am. Teach be, us. be leery of people who want to coach you in business. Hey. Um, sorry. No, hey. Sorry. Don't, hey. Oh, so I'm going to step on some toes here. What do you mean? Like a life, like a life right. coach? No, like business coaches. Business I, coaches. Yeah, My God, today. Okay, no. <laughs> <laughs> We digress. This is not the number one advice. It's just the first thing that came to mind is just be leery of people who want to coach you in business because what happens is is due to our naivete if that's the word Mm -hmm. of business and it's okay to be naive you know I can think about when I was talking with an entrepreneur um, yesterday a beautiful boutique won't say because they don't sponsor us but I was at a beautiful boutique yesterday that's in uh, PG County and we were I was sharing with her how I worked for three small businesses prior to stepping out into my I'm going to just go do this thing. And I, there were things I loved about them and things that I didn't love about them. But what I appreciate from where I was working directly with the business owners and I was making gainful employment, but I was also able to learn things about business. So for me, if that opportunity exists for you to work in a, a smaller organization where you can be more hand in hand with the owner, because all three of those instances, and I know I'm looking at Shanita, I know you know specifically all three of those, I was right in with those owners. Um, that would be an ideal, ideal thing if that is an option that you have. And even if you're in an environment and you have that relationship foster that relationship with that owner so that they know because one of those owners that I used to work for actually is one of my angel donors for my business. She wanted nothing from me and she just wanted to help me years after working for her, just gave me um, money to push back into my business because she recognizes. So, you know, definitely shout out to, to her. She listens to this, but um, yeah, look for, look for learning from actual business owners without feeling like you have to be paying a coach because sometimes those relationships, um, they're skewed and then you're spending money that you haven't even acquired yet. And someone's trying to, uh, talk you into, Oh yeah, yeah. You need a coach. I do think it's some, uh, turning point in your business that you probably will need someone, you know, to help you with managing these finances and when you get into the commercial property. But that is just something that kind of turns me off is that people are brand new. They don't know anything and people want to play on that naivete. And I just want to warn people to be leery of that. No, I completely agree. So a mentor, the difference between a mentor and a coach, a mentor is not going to want anything from you. They're not going to want anything. A mentor is going to say, here's a seat beside me. Watch ask questions. Here's what I think you might really get from this. Let's talk about it afterward. Let's, let's debrief. They don't want anything from you. You can't pay a mentor. If you're paying your mentor, they're not a mentor. They're a coach. They're your business coach. (laughs) That's your business coach. And you need to be getting your money's worth. If you're paying a business coach, then they need to be coaching you with viable information, not with the three steps towards whatever. I'm not even getting to people's stuff. I'm just saying. (laughs) I tried really hard not to. <laughs> the three steps to success. What you need to do is get up early. Okay, thank you. Don't sleep. Right. <laughs> right. No. Right. So the so you you need a mentor, and and a mentor will come, and there'll be someone who only wants to see you do well, and there's nothing that you can give them that they need from you. They don't need you to be their mentee, and if right. you're in a position where your mentor needs you to be their mentee. 
then that's not mentorship. Then they're trying to start a business coaching. They're starting a business coaching business. <laughs> so what happens if you can't find the mentor? And I'm going to play devil's advocate here. What if you can't find the mentor and all you have access to is these Instagram business coaches? But I, I'm sorry. No, I didn't realize ahead. that they were mentors until after the fact. That's mm-hmm. the funny thing about it. Mm. I'm sharing this now kind of like in hindsight. Because like, it wasn't a formalized It wasn't formalized, mentor, but they sheet. were teaching me and like... Without sharing their businesses, shout out to Greg, Kendra, and Lisa. Like, these are amazing, and they are all viable folks who run great businesses that I was able to learn from while being employed by them in gainful employment situations. And so for me, I'm like, I sometimes things aren't as easy. And so like, oh, they don't come. Then you continue to search out these opportunities. I don't think that we can quit because if you're an entrepreneur, hello, somebody, the idea of quitting and like, oh, that didn't come through. So hmm, like (laughs) then you're not ready for entrepreneurship because the whole, not the whole premise, but a good portion percentage of this, um, this truck is going to be pushing through on what you need doesn't easily present itself. Like you have to push through. Oh, okay. That didn't work. Okay. Kind of go back to the drawing board. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I, I don't think that if that person does not clearly identify, identify themselves initially. Okay. Well, Hey, entrepreneur, Hey, visionary, Hey, uh, creating something from nothing like that is all a part of being an entrepreneur. So you, have to continue to search that out. Yeah, keep working on your business and keep asking, keep asking people, keep saying, this is what I'm looking for. I need someone who can help me with blah, blah, blah. Can you help me with that? Mm-hmm. And if they say, sure, absolutely, I'll help you. Or if they say, well, get on my schedule and I'll tell you how much my consultation fee is, <laughs> then it needs to be worth the fee. Right. Don't, don't quote me $15,000. And, and, and just to come, cause we're not dogging that. If you have the means, there's a lot of times people don't have the means and they're feeling like, I don't have the means to afford this coach. And so now I can't have a business. And I don't think that that's synonymous. And that's why I brought that up. So if you can afford it and that works for you and you're getting your money's worth and you're getting your money's worth, do your thing. But don't yep. you think though in business, I mean, I think that's, that's a, that's a nice cookie cutter way to try to plan it out. But don't you think a part of being in business is risk taking? And so there may be times where you invest in something in your business, whether it's a business coach or a social media manager package or something that just may fall through. Do you see that as just kind of like the cost of doing business sometimes and just being an entrepreneur? Because everything that you plan is not necessarily going to work Look, out. Me and Kim like, I, 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 I mean, I, I mean, I'm, I know that I'm new at it, but I just don't see it the same way. No. I, so I'm going to say this. There, you know some people who are in business. Make some friends and run it past them. How many times have I called you, Shanita, to be like, as just as a homeschool parent, Shanita, blah, 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 X, Y, Z, and you like, oh, girl, you don't need a such and such and such. <laughs> right? Because I had a friend, right, right. who's doing this. So there's some okay. friends that you're going to have who are doing it. They don't have to be far and above and beyond you, but they have common sense. They have some business acumen. They, they got can their hear hand. from the Lord. I mean, I call you about business all the time. You can say, I'm new to this. I'm like, well, look, I got some issues on the table that I need to talk through. Right. Do you oh, got I'm great moment? at talking yeah. through like problem solving. But you know, like I know one of the things that came up was um, this whole social media marketing. And I'm like, look, that joint is for the birds. I, I know that's the, the age that we live in. But I'm like, can I just put this stuff in a phone book and y'all just look it up? Like, can, can we take it <laughs> but back? See, there? I think that's where the coach comes in because depending upon your business, like one of the things that's important for what I do is I do e- a lot of email marketing. I do more email marketing than I do social media marketing because a lot of my, most of my clients are older than me. 
a handful of them are online, and but they they will reply to email. I send an email. I be getting emails at one o'clock in the morning, <laughs> four o'clock in the morning. Why are you up? I don't know, but I, that was a nice little email you sent, and the little picture was flying across the screen, <laughs> and they appreciate it. So again, when we talk about mentorship in business, and I think this is something that we need to do. So for all the lack of. Uh, financial resources and maybe we didn't have a lot of business owners around us as we start to venture out and make these mistakes I think we have a I don't want to say obligation but a responsibility to help out someone else and that's where we kind of set aside well let me charge you for this opposed to let me pour back into my community because my community is pouring back into me because for you to be an entrepreneur you got to be making money otherwise it's a non-profit uh, organization I don't it's a hobby I don't run or it's a hobby I don't I, I like I got a few hobbies and I don't run a non-profit and so for me and going back to the question that you asked about risk like well isn't it I saw cal- their calculated risk because if I'm risking something that's going to count um cancel out all my capital then I think that's even an unwise unwise oh risk. yeah now you wouldn't want to and do so, that I, I hope yeah. the, the business coach is not the whole capital <laughs> no but for some people like they could be using that capital to pay this individual or they could be using that to get Uh, their paperwork done with the state that they live in or to get a certification they need in order to legally do that they're like oh I really want to run this food truck oh I'm sorry you have to have your food service safety manager license in order to do that because certain laws fall under cottage cheese laws and but certain things that are in this temperature day I used to manage a restaurant y'all you have to there's certain flow girl flow you just go ahead there's just (laughs) there's things to be weighing out but that that mentorship is so important I think to be better at this and I think we also have to be humble enough to understand that we have that need you have this passion you have this idea but again as we're talking about making things more concrete like I have mentors in multiple facets of what I do so I don't know just yeah 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 and I I have people call me and ask me questions all the time and I'm absolutely happy to answer what I can but I'm also absolutely honest I have no idea I don't know you know yeah, I'm one of those people my, my daughter likes to you know she's starting to try to do a home baking business and I know your son is pretty successful so I'm like listen somebody want this many cupcakes what what in the world am I supposed to charge like you know because you you want somebody's yeah. opinion who is a, in, involved in pricing out cupcakes mm-hmm. you know I wouldn't yeah. necessarily call the chemo how mm-hmm. much you think we should charge for these cupcakes I don't know in the vegan bakery they $17 you know <laughs> <laughs> they sure are if they gluten free that's another 20 <laughs> right so no and- I get that I get I get you know, wanting to, I guess, pick on people's brain who, but that goes into relationships. So you, yeah. so that's a whole nother show. It a does. A whole it nother does. She does. Works podcast. Because without relationship, I yep. wouldn't have been able to just pick up the phone and say, hey, it'd have been like, yep. why is she texting me about these random cupcake But when orders? we talk about this generation we live in, without relationship, you're not going to run a successful business. So going back to that social media, like people think that they're going to generate a business purely on social media, from social media and having no sense of like human content and the amount of money you need for e-commerce to truly be successful, a lot of us don't have that. I'm not saying that people can't do it, but the likelihood is like, mm, it's going to take you a little bit longer. So again, building relationships, building business, those to me are synonymous. And and I would say that once you start to get some traction, it is, it is about keeping it about what you originally set out for it to be about. Just keeping your eye on your ball. I say all the time, do your work. Mm-hmm. No, I want you to do capital D O do your work. I want you to do your work, capital while you are. I want you to do your work, W-R-O-K. <laughs> like all three of those, you need to focus on all that. All caps. Do your 
work <laughs> because people will get real busy dangling carrots and doing this, that, and the third. And what about this? And have you thought about that? And I'm like, great. And you go chasing behind all of it. All because someone told you that there might be a dollar under that rock. So are you exchanging a product for a dollar? And I say all the time, we are not trading cupcakes for dollars. That's not what we're doing over here. Mm-hmm. Yep. Some people are. And so me and those people, we don't run in the same circles. And I'm okay with that. Right. But a- occasionally they'll come to me and say, well, how are you blah, blah, blah. And I'll say, I don't have the answer for that. Because I'm not exchanging a cupcake for a dollar. Right. There's a mission. There's a method. There's a message in this. And that's where the important part is, right? So, yeah, we're, we're making a profit. Praise the Lord. Amen. Right. With that said, we're keeping an eye on our ball. Right. And you keep an eye on your ball. You know, you're going to be all right. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good. No, that makes sense. And so I think with people who want to start businesses, understanding that mentorship is what I'm hearing is probably the most, you know, dominant thing to consider probably before sitting out and launching into something. I'm going to say no to that. I'm going to say mentorship is really important, but more important is for you to know why you're you're doing, doing, why you're doing what you're doing. What is your end goal? If your end goal is dollars and cents, I'm not here to judge you for that. But then keep it about that. Right. Right? And be be an expert on that. But if your end goal is something else, then be an expert on that. Because that's going to determine who your mentor is. True. True. Right. Yeah, and how you generate your money because... Yeah, because people try to make it about dollar and cents, and then they try to make it seem like they're about people. Then that's where all that fakeness comes in, and then it's just kind of like, yes, you don't want to donate cupcakes to the senior citizens' home. You don't want to give them for free. (laughs) No, but if you are going to do that, and that's why you're doing it, like, oh oh my gosh, sorry, I have so many thoughts running through my head right now. So I definitely agree with that. I think mentorship is on the list, but yeah, definitely, and it's your why is what I'm hearing Denise say. Why do you want to do this? I want to do this. And I think that's how we started the conversation initially. I was like, yeah, I started to do the business I'm doing because people in my community and in my circle and who I have influence with were experiencing things. And I'm like, hmm, I don't think you need to experience that, but I'm going to go learn and I'm going to bring it back to the village. And I'm going to make sure that what others have had to go through due to a lack of just ignorance or a lack of just knowledge, we're not going to experience it. And so now it's like you bring it and you're sharing it back and it has evolved into this. Cause like I was doing this stuff for free. Mm-hmm. What I get paid to mm-hmm. do now, I was doing it for free cause I just wanted to be uh, one that shared information. And that's a big push for me where even now there have been, Oh, you know, you should be charging for that and you should have a, uh, online class about that where you charge people a thing and it's not to be ignorant in business but I'm like all my needs are met for I actually yep. don't want for anything right now and I've watched my territory expand by being faithful over that which my why and my why has been now. to I'm just saying and I get think, the collection paid out here in a second where's my change listen my cash app is <laughs> y'all know how people they cash app out on their birthdays <laughs> Sorry, sidebar. Um, and so, yeah, I just, that, that sticking to your why. And as you do that, I believe that it will attract that what you need. And again, I'm in some hindsight with this mentorship because I didn't realize what I was receiving. But even in perfecting my craft, so unrelated to just business, but just becoming a better. And for those who don't know, I'm a holistic health practitioner. Like I have someone who has been doing this for over 30 years outside of my generation who had took me under her wings and she's made me better at what I do outside of my community. Hello, somebody. So not even being so close-minded to thinking, oh, well, this is what that person needs to look 
look like and it's just this one person and one person only like no these different ones and this multitude of counsel hello somebody that has poured in and it's making me better at what I do and now it's like oh look at this thing just growing into this beyond what I thought yeah. it would be and, right. and being open to that too I think that's also important that it can grow as the baby grows the baby is growing I don't know how how old he or she is right now <laughs> um, I got some numbers somewhere but they're growing so yeah just yeah oh man I love listen I do want to say this you all who are thinking about it be be encouraged to write down your why and be encouraged to go after I just wanted to share that yeah absolutely I wanted to say something kind of on a different sort of facet of this topic. So um, in our travels in the world, um, I have, I have, I was just saying this to somebody yesterday. Um, They were talking about, I was like, yes, I totally get this, this idea of building capacity. Right. So they were talking about how busy they are and they're like, I'm so busy. I'm exhausted. I don't know what to do because I'm so tired because I just have so much going on. And I'm like, I get that. And right. And one day, the so much will be an easy lift, mm-hmm. but right now it's a hard lift. It's a heavy lift right now. So you're building capacity. So one of the ways that I've had to build capacity is around contracts. So I don't know how technical we're going to get in this here she get technical, podcast. Get technical, girl. But I'm going to say this. The first contract that we signed, most of the risk was on us. Most of the risk was like our attorney looked at the contract and they were like, this is one-sided, but not in a... Um, malicious way it is just simply a one-sided contract because the other entity is the entity with the credibility and so they are taking they have more to lose so they're really protecting themselves the attorney made adjustments to the contract and said it looks good to me if you all want to sign it here are the risks that you're going to be taking don't get down there and fall because it's gonna be on you (laughs) you know what I mean like (laughs) just here are the risks that you're you're taking right (laughs) And, you know, for what you're getting out of it, then it, it this is this is balanced, right? Well, then over time, other contracts, we have had to say, this is too much risk based on our track record, based on our experience, based on what we've done, based on what we've accomplished. Then the contract that you're giving me is a contract for someone who's done nothing. I need a contract for someone who's done a little bit. I need my little bit to be reflected in the contract. And a little leverage, a little leverage, just a little bit, but that's, I had to build capacity. Around. I didn't know how to do that. And so interestingly enough, um, normally people contact me when they want to work with one of the boys and they're back and forth in conversation with me. And I'm talking to Demario about it, but they're back and forth in conversation with me. And then something happens in the conversation where communication gets challenging I'm gonna say that <laughs> that's a nice way to put it right communication gets challenging nothing nasty nothing rude I don't mean anything like right. that but communication gets challenging and I will say I will loop my husband into the email I'll just put him right in it and then all of a sudden now give you the world now we know how to talk <laughs> now we know how to communicate now we know how to hear when I said this, that, and the third is a, is a concern for us. Can we discuss? Not demand. Can we discuss? I need to understand this. So I talk. I say to my husband all the time, I can only imagine what people are dealing with who are dealing with so much more than we are when it's a woman in business, mm-hmm. right? And she's being underestimated. Her business acumen is being underestimated. Her experience is being underestimated. 
by people who probably are not malicious, right? right? But it just, the tune starts to change when a man's voice gets in it. Yep. Wow. And I am not accusing anybody or blaming anybody for that. I am simply talking about my experience with things where it shifts when my husband gets involved. Yeah. I wanted to give feedback on something that you said. I mean, I definitely agree with, and there, in, there are instances, my husband calls me, um, calls himself my admin assistant. Cause I just bring him in when I need that, like mail, like, Hey, can you get in on this? But that building capacity is, Oh, that was so good. And you mentioned it in respect to contracts, Danita, but that's also like, even with the pricing and like with the cupcakes and you're like, well, how do we, like my prices have gone. They have changed. If you've been a client with me, you know, those prices have changed. <laughs> And it wasn't until I had, you know, someone else kind of say, hey, you know, you might want to look at what you're charging here based upon how long you've been doing what you're doing, mm-hmm. based upon the additional education that you have now. It's kind of like, hey, you can. You built some leverage. You built some leverage that we can come on up and this not having fear change things. And it actually increased what was happening in business. It was so interesting how that happened. And it's, I'm worth it. I'm probably worth more than what I probably even charge. But just knowing that like, oh, you can do this. It's okay. Mm-hmm. It's you're, you're worth bringing that up some. It's, it's been interesting just kind of watching how that's evolved in business for me. And how people value your product mm-hmm. when they have to pay differently for it. Yep. You know. no, no thing, no question. Yeah. yeah they yeah. definitely value your time differently. Yeah, um, absolutely. And and I, I I have a friend that I can call when I don't know what I'm doing. Right. Because she's done it. Yeah. You know, her and her daughter and her children have done things that I'm like, okay, well, and I can be very, look, here's what I have going on. What do I do? And she can say, she can say, yes, absolutely. Do this, do that. Here's what worked for me. Here's what worked for us. And then obviously we weigh that information right. against what we're doing. Um, but I know what the general ballpark is kind of, I can feel comfortable. So mm-hmm. right now there's an offer on the table for Michael. And obviously I can't get into a whole bunch of details, but we came back with a counter offer and the response we got from the counter offer the next response was, well, he's been put over here on this other list. So I'm like, okay, well, we'll see what happens. Either I went too far, <laughs> right? Right. Or I didn't. And the only way for me to know is for me to do it and see what happens. Right. Yep. But also, if it doesn't work out, I learned such an incredible lesson about where the boundaries are. I'm not going to know until I, until until, I bump until up against them. them. That's right. That's right. That's how we talked about it in another episode a few weeks ago about building resiliency. We were talking particularly about in children, but even within ourselves, we have to learn how to build it. And you won't know. You don't know what you don't know. Nope. Yeah, that happened to me um, last year when I finally stepped out and got my own commercial property. And I was so afraid. That doesn't matter how long. When you do something new in business, it's like. Sure enough. (laughs) Sure enough. I was so afraid. And it it, it worked out, you know. um, But I was just so afraid when I first did it. And I was kind of like, well, look, if I don't clear X amount of dollars every month, I was telling my husband, I was like, look, this is what I'm going to have to clear every month. 
after I pay all the various bills related to the property mm-hmm. and just other monthly responsibilities. And so I'm like, if this doesn't happen, I'm like, we letting this go. And I didn't have to let it go. So it worked out okay. But it, out. it can, but you do have to try. Mm-hmm. And I think it goes back to that, like taking risks. I mean, I knew, again, for me, it was a risk, but it was a risk I knew I couldn't afford. So like, it's yeah. a risk because you're trying something new, but it wasn't a risk that was going to put me, you know, under the water kind of a situation. Right. So... Yeah, I think, you know, just learning, learning more about business from you ladies and just, you know, other folks, you know, who I talk to who are in business. I mean, it's opened like the other side of my brain to things that I just was not thinking about, was not, you know, it it wasn't even remotely a a drive of mine to be an entrepreneur at all. told you I'm the obedient employee, like (laughs) eternally. And so, you know, I am, you know, I mean, I may have great ideas. I may have great problem solving, but when it comes to, you know, business, I'm, I'm a business virgin. So I have to, I have to take things very slow. I have to just do, you know, what I can do and not try to get into the comparison game. Oh, this person, I'm a part of this, um, social media network of women. And it's like, you know, they have this like goal setting, like every week Mm -hmm. I'm like, whew, (laughs) I don't know if I'm that formal to write out my goals every single week. I just know what they are. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, but there's the, the other side to this group is, um, you know, just kind of encouraging each other's, you know, posts and kind of helping with engagement and things Mm -hmm. like that. And so I'm watching some of these ladies, you know, and I'm just like, they post like five to seven times a day. Yeah. Yeah. And I happened to just throw a comment in the, in our little private message. I was like, Hey ladies, um, just, just curious, like how Talk many times? Talk to me about this. How right? many times do you all post per day? Because I find myself struggling with the one great post mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. You know, there will be three or four days where I don't post anything, and and I know some of that's generational. Mm-hmm. I really do. I, I, yeah. I mean, this is there's no other way to say it. Some of it's Yo, generational. Shout out to the millennials handling it on social media. Yes, and so I'm like, okay, so I'm learning about things called batch posting and just all these little techniques and all these different apps and I'm just kind of like but I know in building my capacity mm-hmm. what I have time for mm-hmm. and what I don't have time for and so right now you know when you talk about a grassroots new business a lot of my stuff is going to senior citizens homes and just being right there in in the in the physical mm-hmm. and dealing with that following up writing out stuff because a lot of my people don't on have pen any, and paper on pen and paper <laughs> A lot of, a lot of, the, a lot of the precious ladies that I, I'm working with currently um, don't even have email. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're you know mm-hmm. between sixty to eighty five years old. Yeah, yeah. ain't no email. Right. Like email, they look at me like, no, nah, I don't do the computers. Right. <laughs> so yes. instead of emailing, you know, suggestions and things for them, I'm handwriting them out. Mm-hmm. I am delivering them to them in person, right. and so. I don't necessarily, and that's where I just find the grace right now. So I can't really be worried about, did I make the social media quota, <laughs> you know, this yeah. week? So for me, like for those who can afford it, like I think that's something worth paying for in business. If you can afford it, pay somebody to do that, especially if you're in this generation here. And that ain't your thing because that is maybe if it's not the totality of your market, there are clients on these internets on these worldwide webs on these interwebs and you do need to have a presence. And so I think when that makes sense for you, again, things your mentor can help you with. I think when that makes sense for you, go ahead and just pay some money to, to do that. I just, that's, uh, that's me, Akima, but I just, yeah. No, no, that makes sense. So, but you know, I really appreciate you guys business acumen. I've learned, I learned so much, you know, constantly and we'll 
continue to be pulling on your coattails to learn more. So for those, you know, who are still here rocking with us, if you're thinking about, you know, entrepreneurial adventures, if you're thinking about being a, a woman in business, a minority woman in business, you know, some tips for you is definitely, you know, know why you're getting into business. Yeah. Know what it is that you want to do. You want to sell T-shirts, food truck, cupcakes, just know what you want to do, mm-hmm. right? You want to find someone who is a mentor, not necessarily a business coach, because as you're starting out, don't have a lot of money. <laughs> right. You know, learning how to build your capacity. And as Akima just um, alluded to, when you have the um, capital to hire someone for these some of these other tasks to take things off your plate, it's the best way to go. So thank you guys for tuning in with us. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.